covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Heilman in here, as always, along with my good buddy, pal, co-host, Jim Mernier, here mm-hmm. for another edition, episode 27 of this podcast, part of season two of the show, as we're getting ever so closer. We have hit the 24th theme as of our recording today on days till the league season. By the time this drops, it'll be less than that. But, you know, I wanted to play that up because I liked, I liked the post that early today you dropped, Jim. I'm, I'm, I actually like 24. It's not, not a bad one. You know, Kai for Sutherland? Huh. I, I can get with that. It's a very underrated series that never got its due diligence with a lot of people. So He's kind of forgotten. Yeah, I, yeah. I think some people forget about it, you know? He did the one that he was, like, the president or becoming something about. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it what it was second defending this something yeah he's um, like the yeah. last guy alive in the cabinet or something like mm-hmm. that yeah but 23 is when this podcast released will be the 23 days until the um sorry the season so 23 is mj i know i mean i'm i'm pumped for it and we're getting ever so close we're getting a lot of football coming up um mm-hmm. even, i'll even uh hint at this while we're at actually i won't even hint at it. i'll just bolt football out we got some stuff to announce for the show um First off, if you haven't already, check us out on social at InWallsPod on your favorite platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are getting much more active on all these platforms. Great graphics, my uh, buddy here has been dropping, really. Uh, Trying. At the very least, you should follow just for those. Oh, indeed, indeed, yes. If a little effort, I'm just saying. Meme season is on its way. Don't To all the fans out there. Yes, we do have a couple of Chris Rock and Will Smith memes coming your way for certain games this season. So that meme will never die this season for us. Just heads up. <laughs> <laughs> that one's gonna that one's gonna stick around. I, I'm fun. I am looking forward to week one ripping that one <laughs> into our social channels. Uh, also, we'll be putting that in other other tidbits, other news bites in our new Discord server. So we 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 decided Jim Moore decided and I was like, yeah, that's not a bad idea to pull the trigger <laughs> on our own Discord server. So, yeah, we have an inside the walls podcast Discord server, um, essentially all things National Arena League. Uh, if you like our show and you want to kind of talk with us on the side, if you want to talk with fans of the show or fans of just the NAL in general, we do have that for you. That link is going to be in the description of the YouTube version. Um, and we'll also share that on social again when we drop the podcast version here that you're listening to today. Check that out again, our own Discord as well. And speaking of promotion even further for our show, we're going to be live at an event. Yes. Yay. We, we will be out and about if you are in the Birmingham area on oh, April man. 16th. If you're Burn down Birmingham? Stuff, down in Birmingham. Man, I thought we were going to freaking Puerto Rico. Birmingham, that's not Puerto Rico, man. Uh, I'm sorry. I I may have maybe I may have oversold that to you outside of the show, but oh man. Truth is, we're going to Birmingham. We're going to be part of Springstock, which is a event being hosted by the USFL podcast. Something that I'm involved with, along with our friend the Ref. Uh, we're going to be hosting that. It, it is a lot or part hosting that. We will be a special guest and getting our own segment. It is a special four hour broadcast from the inaugural USFL game on April 16th in Birmingham, Alabama, where we're going to be basically celebrating not only the game, but just alternative and spring football in general. Thus, 
why we are there. We're going to be giving ourselves some time to talk about the National Arena League to those on the live stream. If you guys want to tune in for that, be sure to subscribe to USFL Podcast on YouTube. Remind yourself by clicking a reminder bell on that live stream event that is on that channel right now. And while we'll go live, we'll let you know when we're live too. We have a specific time frame. Uh, we'll announce that at a closer date when we get there too. Once so, we once we know when we are officially going to be on, because we can give you right now the time that we might be on, but there's other people there. It's a USFL event, so Zach and the ref are going to do them their show. There's a lot oh, yeah. more USFL content. When we get on, it's going to be a 30-minute special just – it's not going to be our normal episode for the week. It's just something to add in for the love of the game, especially as an outdoor game, but it's especially for love of the game. And if you do go to the event, while Zach is doing his thing, come visit me by the grill. I'll maybe right. the drunk white guy giving out hot dogs. Because like the great, rev, the great reverend himself, Ref, said the other day on the USFL podcast, we might hate you. But no one hates hot dogs. Go get a hot dog and a beer. Or well, I'll be drinking beer. You gotta bring your own beer. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just come to the parking lot. It'd be a fun Saturday. And yeah, we won't know when we're going live. Hopefully it's not before I get intoxicated. But uh, I, mean, <laughs> I, I will we'll, to be determined. I mean, hey, look, yeah, we'll, we'll keep the shit afloat. Like it's four hours, so we'll be all over the place. But yeah, free food, free drinks, BYOB though. It's free non-alcoholic mm-hmm. for so soda and water. Um, we're doing giveaways there. Uh, at least the, me and the USFL podcast group are for merch and other things like that. So if you're on site, great. If not, tune on in because we'll be talking yeah. arena. We'll get our uh, we'll get our our snippet. We ain't just gonna come on there and talk USFL. We will get our promotion of the National Arena League on that live stream. So it gets is a week you know. away when we get on that. Exactly. exactly. We, get, yeah. we gotta hype week. up what's coming next. Yeah. That's and then by time. then, by then there might be training camp news might be player transaction moves at that time that need to be breaking that weekend so and knowing us means Zach, with our connections within the national arena league there we'll have a lot to talk about in that 30 to 45 or hour segment we got on the uh on the spring stock so hopefully you tune in if you're in the birmingham area come out there take the visit i'm taking that six hour uh drive right. zach's flying so go out there and visit us we're, we're, we're normal human beings Come talk football with us. Don't come talk to the USFL for me. Talk to him for the USFL, not me. <laughs> I'm just going to be there to having a good time and, you know, getting together with a bunch of colleagues that we've, you know, gotten to know each other over the last couple of years. So that's that's the mission. Just a nice weekend in Birmingham. Hopefully, hopefully God gives us a great, beautiful day so we don't have to hide under tents. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping the same thing. Absolutely. April 16th. 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock Central Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, running for four hours before mm-hmm. that game. Just check it out. Follow, go over to the USFL podcast and subscribe. Follow it along. You'll get your notification, and you'll get to see our, our uh, pretty or to some people ugly mugs on the live stream when it happens. And maybe you'll see Jim eating a hot dog or a burger. I don't know. <laughs> might be might be cussing out people, too, because they're eating the hot dogs and the burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Might get accidental ASMR because he's eating <laughs> yeah. the food right next to the mic. And I'm going, Jim, Jim, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Look, did you order DoorDash? They had all the hot dogs, man. How did I order nah. DoorDash? Like, I'm just sitting there next to you and I'm like, because I'm getting your audio with you going like that. And I'm going. <laughs> just going Jim, what, what do you think about the Columbus Lions? What? What's going on? 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be such epicness. But our listeners are like, yeah, that's Jim. That's how he's been over the last year since we've known him since here and inside the walls. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a gonna be a blast. And we we've been looking forward to that. Looking forward to the season. I mean, hey, training camps are uh, they're coming up pretty quick. Next week I mean, for three teams next week. Mm-hmm. I th- I the San Antonio Gunslingers report on fourth. Uh, the third is the Columbus Lions, and I want to say Jacksonville is either the third or the fourth next week. So training camp starts for a lot of teams next week. I think most of them are going to be at least done by next week. Uh, yeah. So because three weeks of practice, that's still short. When you think of training camps, you think of the National Football League where you report like halfway through July and you have six weeks to get prepared for the season. Yeah, it's three weeks and bam, you're it's get it's go time on the twenty third. Right. I mean, most of really all the rosters at this point are pretty packed in with what they need. Um, yeah. It's time for cutdowns, at least for some teams in particular. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be starting to look at cutdowns. I know, like, we've talked like Albany, like, that's going to be a fun cutdown session for them, most, li- yeah. most likely. Just if you go and look at their roster and what's available. Oh, yeah. Great, great uh, times. <laughs> no, for no, in Albany, they'll, they'll get, they'll have the, the cut. And literally, a lot of teams in the league are going to pick up players from them. That's that's what's going to happen. Oh, I mean, I think I think you can see that happen a lot. You'll see the transaction wire flip around for some people. Oh, yeah. In that case, you know. Won't be but surprised that, at all. But that's coming up here. I mean, we're going to be getting those cut, down, cut downs here coming into camp. Like, usually it's like, what, like 30-ish guys. Cuts down to about, you know, the 21, mm-hmm. 25 range mm-hmm. for folks. I honestly, so. I don't know how arena football does it, but – if it is if it's as close as accurate to what I believe it is, I think they're down to their twenty one roster by a weekend of the training camp. Mm. So probably probably best to get that down so you know, especially now with Iron Man, you wanna like we've talked about with yeah. like some teams and how their strategies are gonna be different. Probably want that down packed a little sooner rather than later, especially if you have a game plan for how yeah, you, you generally you, run a game. You know? Yeah, you 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 want your game plan, especially for like teams like San Antonio that don't know their identity or how it's going to, you know, you know how you can want to translate to the NAL. Right, right. Having your squad two weeks out, game plan for Orlando right off the bat, especially with Columbus the following week. You want to get as much reps as you can with the staff you have. And I think a lot of teams are going to follow that one week, week and a half in cuts and then they'll have their roster of 21, 25, is it? Or 21? 20. No, tw- oh, 21, right? 21 players? I thought it was 20. I've heard 21. Okay, so it's That 20. was my understanding was All 21. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's where we get it. Cause, oh, yeah, that's right, because 18 is the old AFL roster size. Now mm-hmm. it's 21. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be unique. Uh, we're – crap, we're, we're 23 days, 24 days, 22 days, whatever you're listening to this podcast. Or watching this on YouTube. Hi, YouTubers. I know how I usually do this at the very end of the show, but I do. Um, but yeah, I think it's a honestly, we're getting to a point where a lot of these teams are finalizing their rosters. You see on the transaction wire, a lot of transactions happen to fill up the 30 some minimum. I think teams are supposed to have for training camp. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's an official number they need, but a lot of teams are. Sign like I seen uh, Albany signs a ki- sign a kicker. Uh, the sign I think they signed two kickers. Yeah, they, uh, they got Blancher Bel- they got and, and Belcher and I want to say Cargona. I think his name is uh, is the other guy. I believe it's uh, Mark uh, or or Orozco. 
Orozco? Uh, Grambling, Grambling State. Okay. Uh, so you, you, you got teams signing kickers. You got, you, like, Jacksonville, I think, hasn't signed one yet, but I think that's going to be pretty soon. Uh, so you're going to have the, the back end of your roster. A lot of special teamers get signed up if you're not, you know, Peterson or TC Stevens, uh, that you get, you get signed like early in the whole transaction period. But for overall, we're, we're getting close to the where these rosters are going to be for training camp. There will be a lot of cuts on all these teams. I will not be surprised if you see players like, oh, I thought they would be on the Albany's roster play in Jacksonville or play in Columbus or vice versa. See, it's it's the arena leagues that type of beast, but we do get a lot of people who message us wanting to know why certain players get kind of suspended from the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to elaborate on that. The reason why is they sign a contract with another league and then they go play with that team and they can't get back into the NL because they kind of, you know, technically violate their contract with national league like if that's what you want. and that's kind of i mean that's that's kind yeah. of fair i mean yeah i i'm being i mean i know that we we know the set we know the sal- base salaries this so i'm not gonna mm-hmm. say like well you know it's tons of money but you are affecting a roster slot so like that's kind of how that goes you know yeah. and it's not it's not too often it happens throughout the season we saw last year and there's still yeah. this year but like you know some players doing opportunities and you know, they take that chance mm-hmm. and they go, I get that. But that does have a repercussion. If you did have a contract. So that's how they, ju- that's how the justification is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. And you, it, it, I guarantee a lot of people, they look at the national league.com or our discord or our Twitter account. We update a lot of information on player signings and suspensions. And, and a lot of, a lot of our listeners message us or text us or tweet us like, why are these players getting suspended? Most notably, Prince Sonola, who is in San Diego for the Strike Force. Mm-hmm. The reason why he's suspended is because he's under contract with the Albany Empire. Or, yeah, Albany Empire, and he went to go play in San Diego. But once you put pads on for another team, you are suspended. Uh, and, and there's other things you get suspended by, but that's usually the common notification we get from listeners is why these players get suspended. Um, but overall, teams are shaping up very well. Um, Honestly, if you minus Albany and Jacksonville's rosters and, Co- and Carolina's roster, everyone else is filling up their last spots. And yeah. you could tell we're getting to the final the final stage because, honestly, training camp starts next week, possibly in a week and a half cuts, and then we're 14 days out. And the season's going to be here, and the blink of the eye, we're like, oh, crap. Well, Albany just won again. Oh. Well, Let's go into 2023 <laughs> offseason. <laughs> Hopefully Albany not, just, but yeah. <laughs> Call me just one again. Columbus just one again. Uh, I don't know. I have, a, I have a beer bet with Levesque. Well, we have a beer bet with Levesque Gosman. Um, you're just being informed now. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say, I'm like, I better be just being informed. But I'll t- I'll be, I'm accepting it. I, I'll, I'll take it either way. Oh, it, it, cool. it, it's, it's, it's basically if Jacksonville – Wins it all. He owes us three rounds of beer at a local establishment if the game's in uh, Jacksonville or three rounds of beer at a local establishment in, in Albany. More, more importantly, the Hooters in Albany. Uh, if Albany wins. So that's so the I, bet. You have, you have tied me to your horse. This is, this is what's happening right now. <laughs> because I'm like, wait a minute. 
I don't essentially associate as a Jacksonville fan, but well, then, 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 if you can't make it, I'll just drink your oh, side, no, no. Your side of it. Look, look, look. I'm fine. I'll take oh. it. Oh, why not? Why not? I, I am in you. Much like this show, we are in this together. I'll go with it. I'm just saying, oh. like, hey, wait a minute. How did I get in here? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it'd be the Titanic. Ah! Oh, this uh, is but all yeah. your fault, Jim. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. Uh, that's just a free, he, he kind of, uh, you know how last week's show, thank you everybody that listened to our show, downloaded and watched us on, it, uh, got good reviews. I really appreciate it. Uh, mm-hmm. Levesque and guys and Levesque, the Levesque and Goss show, uh, they do it every Tuesday from either Techies Firewall Restoration or MVP Arena. And Levesque kind of, uh, you know how you say it with your chest, like when Kevin Hart says, say it with your chest. And he kind mm-hmm. of said something with his chest. And I go, oh, okay, you want to bet. And, that's how it went down. So I was like, "Uh, uh-uh. you're gonna put your, you're gonna put the money where your mouth is." Uh, so yeah, that's that's the bet that you got to nice. a little bit. But <laughs> um, to everyone else out there, we're not taking any more bets. I'm sorry, I do apologize. Um, I need to save up money to <laughs> for these well, yeah, bets. I was say, like, um, I don't know if I was a Vegas odds maker. Uh, yeah, the beer is probably going into Albany, New York. But yeah, I'm, I, 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 I am the you know Jean Perion, you know freaking tequila, like freaking like sixty dollars a shot. Hell no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> oh, oh my god, no. Uh, but yeah, um, beer, you know, yeah, Jaegers. I don't know, but yeah, that's the bet. So. uh yeah, that's uh, the season's on yeah. the way. When bets are being placed, the season is on its way, and we're, we're fully rapidly in. getting there. We're fully in. You know, I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we like I said, it's it's time to just see these guys hit the field. We'll probably get in those soon enough. You know, postings mm-hmm. about that and whatnot, which I'm looking forward to. Um, which actually, I mean, our special guest that the the video the video series he made um, definitely has me excited to see folks hit the field again, just from. That camp, yeah. which, which uh, Aiden Kowalski, fr- who helped produce, vid- was the videographer for and edited majority of Inside the Lines. We're going to have you guys listen into his interview in a second here. Um, great conversation we had with him, so definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up before we even get to that, because we're talking about suspensions and all that. So yeah, if you have been in any indoor arena Facebook group or social group, you might see some cryptic posts or discussion on IFL. I said the word. I wasn't supposed to. I'll keep going. You, you'll you see it about a specific other league where they talk about barring of players from the Arena Football League and how certain court dates and things might be causing that issue. There's a lot of rumor around this. Some stuff that sounds more concrete, others that's not. Nothing has been officially said, but players have said that the said league in question that I've already told you about doesn't let them play, and that that's the reason why a few think they play in the NAL. Well, I will say we are going to have a curious test. I don't know if we will have it as big as what some people said as a floodgate opening, but the final leg of the original Arena Football League bankruptcy case is coming up no joke it as we're recording it was today so that is supposed to be the final hurdle it was like a monument monument sports network who was associated with the afl Mm -hmm. it was like their final hurdle of bankruptcy and supposedly as i've talked with a few players that are a little more connected or have claimed to be more connected 
that's the final hurdle for ex-AFL players to go to, I'll say it, the IFL. That, that's supposedly the final hurdle. Now, yeah. why am I bringing this up in here? Well, the NAL has been known to have some of these ex-AFL players that are playing in this league, and some that aren't in it are thinking that there's going to be a floodgate and folks will just bail. Now, I'm going to tell you my opinion. I don't think that happens. A um, few reasons. A, um, suspension issue, you know, if you're talking about opportunities. Uh, B, if you are talking location, I mean, if folks are on the East Coast, which some of these AFL players are, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be leaving West Coast right away. C, I think it's a little overblown, if I'm being frank. Um, I mean, the NAL has been doing has been associating with XAFL guys for a few years now with no issue or if any, very little. So I don't know. I'm just bringing it up because it's comes up in chats all the time. It's something I've been wanting to address on this show for a minute. Now I have once, and now it's feeling like it's the final leg where it's like, okay, now there's no excuse. Like if this happens, mm-hmm. it happens. If not, can we like stop talking about it happening? Because it seems like there's this like taboo subject matter that comes yeah. and floats around every few months. I don't well, get the it. Ta- the taboo subject is former players using the word floodgate. Well, kind you of, see, yeah, that's kind of it, yeah. Uh, every, single, every single thing from former players, I don't know their side of the story or what they've been through, but using the term floodgates or mass exits is it's whatever. If you want to go play in the other league, you can go play in the other league. Do you want it? Will you have as much success in the other league? Maybe. Maybe not. It's it's like playing for teams that different. You just can't go. Oh, I'm gonna go play this team because I'll be the bit number one receiver or the number one running back. Whatever. Does the scheme fit? There, we've seen players in major sports go to different teams. They're legit with their former team. They go to a new team. That's it. They're done. They're not what they used to be. Um, but the other league has had the tendency of keeping former players from the AFL out because of their own ego. That, that's I've what talk- we hear. That's, that's what we what hear, we- at least. Yeah. Um, I've talked to some former AFL players, and they said they don't go to the IFL. Oh, well, I just said it. The IFL because they don't trust the league's management. And that, for me, as a person that follows the National Arena League, I'm not saying that the National Arena League is perfect, there, when you burn so many bridges, no matter what league you play in, a lot of players are going to be hesitant. No matter what, yes, they may get free of their contract or whatever with the, the AFL bankruptcy. But if the IFL is not letting you guys in, it's not because of the bankruptcy. It's not because of the health policies that may be related to this. Because the National Arena League and the CIF have had their doors open wide open with these AFL players, and they played perfectly fine. The IFL has an issue with the IFL. And it's more because they want to buy the rights to the IFL so they can bury or buy the rights to the AFL so they can bury it. Um, this has nothing to do with the IFL, you know, being superior. They just, for me, from what I, this is not me knowing any basis. This is just me just looking from as a distance, looking at all these organizations and realize that the IFL doesn't care about the AFL. They want to be their own identity. They, they, them and the CIF have been battling over the AFL rights for the last couple of years. That's been notoriously known. And from the people we've talked to and from what we can see is that the IFL wants to get the name of the AFL and then bury the AFL. The other league wants to hopefully rejuvenate it, but there's not confirmed sources on that. But 
with this lawsuit going on with the, the AFL, it's the final chapter of a hit of a memory that us fans love. The, the arena football. That's kind of how you can, even if you want to spin that away from just this conversation, like, yeah. you know, cause we've talked like no matter what league is like of the big three, you know, no matter what you look at it, it's the founding of it is the AFL. And it's kind yeah. of strange to think that, you know, the AFL about, is the ancestor, right? Like we talked about <laughs> how it's been now, you know, over two years since mm-hmm. it's existed. And we're just now getting that final chapter and the final, yeah. I guess, closing of the book on that. And the thing is, is the, it's, it's, it's time to say goodbye to it. Um, it's time for either the national arena league or the IFL or the CIF, whoever wants to be it. Right. To grow some kahunas, put money into the brand and become the next league. And right now, because of honestly, we have three fan bases that are so divided against each other. They always point at each other. And that's one thing I can't stand. It's like, oh, the IFL is better than this because of this, this, and this. Well, the NAL is better than this, this, and this. And everyone comes to me and says, Jim, what do you like more, the IFL or NFL? It's like, I, I prefer the arena game over indoor. And they lose their minds. I'm yeah, like, I... it's because the AFL. The AFL introduced me to this game. I'm, the IFL is cool. They have you know, the barnstorms. I watched a couple games this past weekend. Oh, my God, an NAL guy watching the IFL games. Um um, yeah, you guys, a little kind of little tendencies. Um, uh, there's some people on the chat that are very, uh, very entertaining. If you, you can just drop a breadcrumb there and they go nuts. I love it. Um, <laughs> but it's nice as a, a guy who covers the national Arena league. And when I see fans ask about the NAL and me answering questions like, yeah, this is what's going on. This is what happened. It makes us as a, a guy, NAL, like they know we're there. They know that the NAL is their considered rival, but. I just want to say this, but I think they have a deep suspicion that they know the NAL has what it takes to be the superior league out of the big three because of the rule set, because we got all the AFL players. But to close the door, it's time to close the door on the AFL. Um, I loved it. It brought me into the game. Um, but right now, if you if, if you if you look at it as an IFL fan watching, so well, the AFL needs to be come back. Well, talk to your owners and the commissioner of the IFL and the CIF because they're battling over a name. And once they get the name, they they're gonna realize that oh crap, the NEL owns half, almost majority of all the AFL football team names. If that so, were if that were to happen, I mean, I haven't honestly. That was Jesus. That it's that been months ago. It's been yeah. I've heard anything like that. Like I, like I know I, I, I had that shared to me from someone from an undisclosed person, and then uh, I kept quiet for a while. Then that was let go to people, mm-hmm. and so it's been a minute. Like it's, this was like summer of last year. Almost a year. Yes. Like it's been a minute. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that right now. Um, but if it's still going on. I watch closely is all I can tell. You. Yeah. Cause I mean, and, I know like the NAL is not involved with that. I know we know at all. Like they're their own thing. That's what they the, want to do. The NAL, yeah. the NAL has made it known to all of its owners, to all of its fans, especially to us. They don't care. You know, the AFL is back. Hey, they don't care. Right. Uh, we dropped a meme a couple last year of the Anakin Skywalker. And oh Bad yeah. Day. That. <laughs> The AFL's like, we're going to build a great and powerful empire. And the NAL's like, or we're, the NAL, we're going to build a great, powerful empire. And the NAL's Padme together, right? Goes back to Hayden Kirchison. 
together, yeah, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the NAL. That's one thing I like about the NAL. They are, they've made it known that this is, this is who we're going to be. Right. And it, it doesn't. It it does. We, they don't care what happens in the other leagues. And, but it's kind of funny as a, a fan looking from abroad. Can't wait for ours because I'm tired of looking at other teams, uh, other cities, and go, man, I can't wait to see Columbus. Can't wait to see Albany. Can't wait to see Jacksonville. And I see the themes and the topics that are on these chat rooms. I go, and NAL going bankrupt. What, like, well, where I, are you I getting your information from? Like, I just can't wait to get our brand. Like, yeah, yeah. Because like Iron Man, I think, like, I'm watching, like, watching what we have available right now, and that's fine. Like, it, it, it cures the itch. I just, I'm very much more like still going like, damn, I want to see Iron Man in action again. I didn't mm-hmm. watch this when I was growing up. Like, can I, can we get there already? <laughs> you know, like that's all, that's all I'm razor. We'll get there. On now, you know? uh, we'll, we'll get there, but it's, it's, if I see fans out there that are not NAL fans who happen to jump on this podcast and cause I guarantee most likely we'll have hashtag IFL in here because we're talking about this. Um, I'm just going to say to the IFL fans, you guys have a brand of football that's unique and you love your sport. We love our sport. Why do we have to hate each other? That's the only thing I got to say. Why? Good question. There's people in that chat room that I'm just like, why are you fighting people who are asking questions about another league? It's okay. This is the end. This is the reason why the AFL failed. It's because we have people with ego trips attacking each other because, oh, my brand's better. Uh, it's also kind of funny when I just when the Arizona versus Jacksonville fight started happening on the Arizona-San Diego chat the other night, and it wasn't involved with me. I'm looking at him like, I'm, I'm, I'm whoa. Not, I'm not, not going to lie. I, like, there are interleague matchups I wish we could see again if that wasn't a dividing with league. Yeah, like, me too. Because I, I would love to Jackson, see a, Arizona again. Exactly. I would love to see those games. Like, those are – because, I mean, we all talk about, like, who are the flagpoles for these leagues? The Sharks and the Rattlers are the two that come straight to mind. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do the CIF, I say the BFAR. You know, but, and, but even then, yeah. and, it's not it's, really the same level as the other two in my eyes. And the common question, you, know, you see a lot of IFL fans, like, the NL and IFL need to merge. I'm like, that. what's going to stop that is Arizona and Jacksonville. Yeah. That's never going to happen again between the two ownership groups. Uh, and, I, and as fans, it sucks. But if you know the situation from Jackson's point of view and from Arizona's point of view, you understand. And that's that's the business of indoor football. <laughs> yeah. Nonetheless, they're tied to, like I said, today's weird that it's a final chapter. And just that bankruptcy case, it's almost been three years that we've had to go through it's that. Been, but like, yeah, it's been. That is yeah, here we are. You know, and final, I'm also gonna give a sh- I'm also gonna give a shout out to Arena Football Edits on YouTube. Uh, he puts together all the highlight films for every single team um, from last season. He made a video. I think the I want to think it was him who did the remembering the AFL video. Yes, which they uh, that was the final post that the AFL put on their own social pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, say thank you. Yeah, uh, I watched that the other day and go, man, I missed the AFL. I had great franchises, and it just it got too big for its its worth. And it's our job here at the Inside the Walls to get you guys excited. And remember that the game is still alive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But speaking, but speaking of the game, a series out there inside the lines 
or Lions, which was unique. You'll hear the, in the conversation about how similar those two lines come again. Oh, there we go again. Um, but we had Aiden on the show. I don't want to mess up his last name. Kowalski again? Uh, yep, Aiden Kowalski. And, hey, I got it right. Jim, there pronounce the name correctly. Look name. at you. Fireworks you. background. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, he was our uh, He's our guest for this week's show. And he, coming up next is our interview with Aiden about the production of Inside the Lines with your boys here at the Inside the Walls. Um, no relations. Just we're inside the arena covering the same sport. But here, here's Aiden with the interview with us earlier today. Joining us today on the Inside the Walls podcast, we have quite the special guest who has been making some buzz with his docuseries for the Columbus Lions. It is Aiden Kowalski joining us, director of said series, who was with the Lions last year through the entire season. Two episodes of Inside the Lines, the name of the said docuseries is out on YouTube right now. I recommend you go check that out after you just, we discuss here with the director or before. Honestly, if you want to hit pause, might be a good time because we're going to get some nuggets in the series here as we go along with this discussion. Aiden, how you doing, man? Uh, how's uh, other episodes coming along? Two in, many more to go. Many more to go, and in that, there are a total of seven, so really five more to go. They're almost done in this coming month before the season. They should all be finished and uh, and released on the Lions website, um, and it will be a pay-per-view kind of system the way it works. So the two are, the first two are the freebies, and then uh, then we'll just go on from there, but it's a great series, and I'm really looking forward to releasing it. Well, I will say the freebies definitely are enticing to pay for the rest. I know... Me and Jim were impressed with the really the shot development, the kind of stories behind the scenes that were put in, you know, just a little bit more humanization of the players besides just knowing them as, you know, people that catch a ball or, you know, snap or play on the turf during the 50-yard fight that we have every Saturday or Sunday. So it was really nice. How did this project come to be? Because, uh, I mean, I, I, we were hearing about it from yourself. We, uh, we discussed with you on the side outside the show. Um, in our own group chats, but I mean, how, what are the origins of this project? Gosh, that's, that's a, that's a great way to start too, because I never thought I'd be doing this sort of project actually until after the first game, this was originally supposed to be just like a week by week basis where I would jump on, you know, shoot the game on my camera, do a little five minute edit, post that as a promotional piece. And then it turned into something where all right, this team feels a little bit more special than Josh okay. Blair, one of the owners of the team of the Lions. He then jumps on and says, well, hey, what about this idea? And I was I was partially com- contemplating that before the season, but I was like, I don't know if I had the capacity for it or whatever it'd be. And after that first Albany game, when we went up there with three days of notice of full team practice, I jump on this train and go, you know what? I think this is something I can do. It's something I want to do, and I know it's going to turn out well. Man, that that first episode, I, it, you talk about whirlwind. I think that first one also fits not only <laughs> you doing this, but now, of course, just looking back at last year. You know, it's funny how much difference a year makes. You know, I know there's been a lot of for the NAL this year, a lot of will they, won't they type of things in terms of teams, in terms of events. I mean, for crying out loud, we're still talking about you know post August with Ironman rules and other you know issues coming along, even mm-hmm. you know no cap situation like. We almost forget about the Ontario Bandits having to cancel <laughs> at the last minute or, you know, doing that quick turnaround of four, three days practice and boom, you're heading up to Albany. Albany having a month to get ready to play last year. I mean, that was the world we were in. Um, <laughs> fun, fun times, I guess, after the fact for yourself. Um, 
I mean, that episode one was mostly building up to that. I got, I mean, I gotta, gotta ask, you know, uh, looking back, <laughs> would you have any other, other way in terms of like, uh, content? You know what? I thought about that and I really, I don't have many regrets filming what I did. It's not like I missed a shot. I didn't feel like okay. I, I never left a practice. I never left a game feeling like, gosh, I missed that. I wish I could redo that and tell that story. So that's what I'm so excited to share the rest of the series with because I know I captured all the moments that I was able to capture in there for. And I was at probably you know, at least one practice every week. I was at all the special events. I was at every game on the sideline. And then, you know, getting hours upon hours of interviews with players, I got to fill in parts that maybe I didn't get to go to all the time. Right. I mean, there's plenty, plenty of stuff going on with Columbus that we learned about. I, I gotta, I gotta ask, uh, reactions back to at least the rookie night. Did you, you know, did you know about that at the time? I mean, how was it being in the locker room getting to experience what is a tradition for the organization now? Right. And I think, I mean, as, as Gibson said, he said, that's a tradition with almost all football teams. They do a rookie show and I was unaware of it until that day. And I, I walk into his office and he goes, Oh yeah, we're do, we're going to be doing a rookie show. And that, and the buzz around that day was hilarious because guys were trying to get out of it. Like no one wanted to do it because no one could prepare. They were like, I'm not going to embarrass okay. myself, but then again, the rookie show, it, it helped open up the personalities of so many of the guys. And that's really where the chemistry first started. I mean, heck, they even they they even made me go up there and sing. So I was I was actually singing Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus <laughs> in the locker room in front of all these guys. And there uh, it was like the linemen literally got up and started singing it with me. And that was the funniest thing. <laughs> I think I had like all the respect after that. So that that's, oh, that's sure. so cool. <laughs> probably get a little more cred filming after that. I'm not like, just some video guy. <laughs> we bonded. We watched this right. man sing Miley Cyrus. We're okay with him sticking a sticking a, some millimeter lens in our faces now. It's fine. <laughs> Hope we don't get dubbed with the party in the USA part. That's the thing right there. <laughs> well, it is. It, I, I did include myself for, for about five, 10 seconds in that first episode. I want to make sure that was in there. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but working with the team, working with Gibson, you mm -hmm. build a relationship. Gibson, uh, even Mason even said that he kind of just, you became an afterthought because you became one with the team. Not saying exactly. Bad way. Uh, they're, they, they sat er, first. They were kind of like, why is there a camera in my face? And then mm -hmm. as it, as the days progressed, you've just become one part of the team. We see some interesting characters. Lonnie Outlaw, comedian of the year. Mm -hmm. Mason Espinosa, bad knees and all. Yes, Mason, still going to get you on that. Um, <laughs> but overall, who's, who was a favorite, your most not, not favorite player to work with during the series? Or have we yeah. seen that moment yet? Gosh, there's so many of them. I think two that I want to point out. I mean, of course, you have Mason and Lonnie, and they're going to be throughout the series. But Mo Leggett. The veteran, the veteran D-back, where in episode three, the Jersey trip, you're really going to start to see his colors and the character that builds from that. Um, another one I want to point out is uh, is Sam Dobbs. He's a rookie that came out of Vanderbilt, and he's 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 kind of getting into the acting scene, too, so he's he's not camera shy whatsoever. Um, Ken, Ken Washington is going to be another guy that, that a lot of people are going to kind of latch onto and say, you know what, if there's a favorite person on this series, it might be Ken Washington. And that's that's the way I kind of wanted to build it is build them up as characters in a way so people could kind of play along and 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 
almost relate to them in some ways. So we get on a more personal level. You know, I, I, I love you brought up Dobbs. Um, cause I, Thor. I thought ep- <laughs> Thor, that's right. Mm-hmm. Thor. Cause I, I episode two, I thought like the, the conclusion after the game, you know, him, him going, you know, I, I give the ball back after I'm not used to arena. I just give the ball back yeah. after, after a play. And like that, that, that moment, like on the turf, him going like, I'm going to give this to my dad and like him getting emotional about that. You know, I thought that was like, that, that meant that kind of just shows and really was coming out as like, look, these are like, these are people like, this is a special moment for this guy. He's, he's playing a technically professional football. This is the highest level you can get in this scene. So, you know, I thought, I thought it was pretty incredible. You have any, uh, I mean, you have any other moments that stick out to you like that? You know, just uh, things you didn't expect or like maybe you weren't fully prepared to see with this series. You know what? I think the Sam being getting emotional in that scene, that was probably the eye opener for me. Um, unexpected. I mean, gosh, just the season as it goes on. I I really you're you're going to be treated when you watch episode three for that first time. Let me tell you, Mo Leggett is the funniest guy. OK, so just a little run through. I remember I I added a teaser at the end of episode two mm-hmm. where there was a. Um, there was a, a group of Jewish, there was like a Jewish family, a Jewish get together for, uh, for Sabbath, I think it was. Okay. And they were, they were at our team hotel. So we go there and Mo basically goes up to them and Mo's, you know, I, I tagged him as the Renaissance man. He'll go up to anyone, anytime, just he'll talk him up. And he just wants some free food and stuff like that. So we got some free food, met the Jewish community there. And Oh my gosh, it's the funniest thing. I just can't stop smiling about it because they just absolutely love the Columbus Lions. And Mason, after the fact, I mean, when we were at the hotel, they they got to a point where they 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 sent us off. They sent us off. So as we were going to the game, they were literally outside waving us goodbye. I mean, it, it I don't want to spoil too much, but that's probably sure. one of my favorite moments of the season. Nice. I, I was wondering what that connection was at the end. Like, Wait a minute. These are, these are people I definitely have not seen so far. They've not been with the team. I was like, yeah. are these Jersey folks I don't know about. Like you, you have a on? bunch of Jewish people and some dude in the trunk of a car. That's when the tease ended. I'm like, well, that, that could be unique. Like, oh, oh, I geez. forgot about that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Because Ken Washington. So the story behind that was we were on our way to the airport. It was a rainy day. And the flight was delayed. Thank goodness. If the flight wasn't delayed, that car with Ken, I think it was Kiwan Alfred, the trainer, Carrie, and I think one other, they would have missed the flight. And oh. in Ken's trunk was all the training equipment for Carrie. So we, we basically would have had to possibly delay the game because some of our players weren't going to be on that flight. Man. <laughs> wow. Oh, arena ball. You got to love it. It's not like the NFL. Like, yeah. Oh, we can, we can, yeah, let's park jet there five minutes. We can do this. Like, <laughs> okay, Bill, you can get into the truck now. <laughs> That's what's awesome. You like, you get all the, you get the stories behind, behind it too. We just assume things go fine normally, you know? Not I last mean, year. I mean, well, okay. Credit. <laughs> you know, last year, yes, we were all going through some different, some different pieces to it, but nonetheless, you know, still have to still people assume some things are going smoothly. Some items of this stuff that it, we don't all know about the story behind the scenes unless we maybe are in the room or something like that. You know, like, I'm going to be honest, like, uh, you know, like Alan Meek putting the helmets together, things like that, you know, being mm-hmm. you know, director of football operations and, you know, getting that stuff in order is like, yeah, I, you know, I, some, I'll just go in my normal routines. I'll sit in my, in the stadium and get things ready to go. 
mm-hmm. you know, this is how I do it every week. I was like, felt very like, very like down, you know, down home, like small community, like small community type of feel for that, you know, which the Colum- the Lions, I think, kind of give that off very much. They do. You know, it doesn't feel like a big city group. It feels like, you know, we're the little guy, but we're, we make a big presence out of here. We have the respect of this league, you know, something that definitely comes out in this series, I feel. It does. Yeah. I mean, five of the past six years, they've made a championship and it's like, you know, Columbus is always like, it kind of, you feel like that little brother to whether it be Jacksonville or Albany or kind of the larger market teams and having to compete with that. But the quality of the players and the quality of the guys is, is just unmatched. And, you know, one thing that was different from my expectations walking in were some of the personalities. I didn't know how well they would get along. And I think part of it has to to be attributed to the chemistry that was just found on that team. It was such a special group of guys. They were so, mm-hmm. you know, they were so woven, so tightly knit. Even with a shortened season, it, it, it felt like a family situation and they were so comfortable together. And that's what I think what made it so special and why really we won so many games. Is there anything you couldn't shoot? Like, did you have a list of things that's like, I, you cannot do this? Or, like, you're going there and they're like, on second thought, maybe you should be slap, maybe you should be cutting that out. <laughs> you know? So, usually what will happen is one of the guys, if they're just having a little side conversation, he'll just be like, Aiden, you don't need to get this. And, you know, that's okay because it's really not that important. It's more personal matter versus really the bigger picture. Okay. And that would just distract from it anyway. Um, outside of those small moments, which were very few, I got to keep it as uncensored as possible. Nice. It was just as raw as possible. I mean, some guys even took the camera from me and then they started filming because they were so, they were so into it. And I, so I got to go behind closed doors. So in, in episode two in that Albany game where I got to be in the main locker room and then take it into the coach's locker room where there were two totally different attitudes because Gibson had to put on a different face, making sure the team stayed in it. And then to his coaches where it was like, all right, we got to, you know, keep this thing together because you know how it's just going to sprinkle apart if, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I got to be in those rooms when those closed door conversations happen. And we're going to get to release those on the episodes. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad to have to hear about the uncensored or at least uh, as close to real as you can get. Right. Type of thing, which I mean, some docuseries, you know, there are things you can't you can't fully release everything. I, I know that every situation is different, but like that is nice that, you know, even hearing that from yourself being the one behind the camera that, mm-hmm. you know, reconfirming, like this is definitely everything you were going to get out of this so far. And that the rest of this, you're going to get everything <laughs> as much as you could possibly yeah. take in. So that's great. How, how do you, uh, uh, Jim, you can go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to just ask him a, a question about, you went to, you went to Albany. You went to Jacksonville. You went to Columbus or Carolina. The venue, the other, the, the visiting venues you visited, mm-hmm. were those venues very welcoming for you as a person who's recording documentary series? Because I know some venues yeah. are like, "Hey, what's this random guy doing on the field? Get off the field." I know Stu and Jacksonville were on the field a lot, so maybe the, Josh Blair was talking to Steve Kerr and it's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, he could be on here. He knows what he's doing." Uh, how was it working in those different arenas, especially? I think you guys traveled to five different arenas this year because you did uh, last season. So I just want to see how how is other arenas welcoming you to their facility doing this whole entire documentary series? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it's an answer is that's different for every stadium there. So we started with Albany, and they were they were totally okay about it. It wasn't really until I got to Carolina, where I was starting to maybe push my boundaries in terms of what other people thought 
that they were seeing on the field. So I was doing what I naturally do. I'm just kind of near the huddle, you know, tucking behind uh, one of the coaches or something like that. And it was, I think, in the second quarter where one of the ushers, the head usher, the head of security came up to me and said, hey, you can't be on the field. You got to be behind because you know how in Carolina there's the end zone and then there's that kind of uh, out of bounds area just beyond it. And then there's the wall. So usually right. that's where media is allowed to be. Um, it wasn't until I then went over to uh, owner Josh Blair and I said, hey, they're not letting me on the field. And then and he's like, all right, hold on. He, he, he gets out his phone, one phone call. The lady comes over and then she's apologizing to me saying you can go wherever you want. I was like, oh, okay. That's some kind of power right there. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, but, cause I know, I know it's in Jacksonville. You were everywhere. Like there was no and, hesitation. And the funny thing about Jacksonville is that they, that was the only team who made me sign a release form saying that if I got injured, uh, they were not <laughs> responsible for it. <laughs> After I signed that paper, they said, you can go wherever you want. <laughs> that's the reason and that's a, that also could be the, that little rivalry. It's like, yeah, you know, sign this right here. So if you get hurt, <laughs> we're not going to pay for it. But I guarantee you, if anything happened, Josh would have been on Steve's behind and the guys in Jacksonville. <laughs> something would have gotten your way if something like that did occur. Oh, oh I imagine you were – you're going to be – you're that camera guy. It's like, I might get killed, but I got the shit. Right, <laughs> right, right. And that's what I – it was so funny because there were some shots that – the players were starting to come after me where it was maybe an interception. So I was standing behind coach Reed, Brandon Reed of the, he was the mm -hmm. defensive coordinator for last season. He retired, but man, I mean, what a, what a guy, what a coach after getting to talk with him some, but there was an interception in Jacksonville where it was along the left sideline and they were coming down. So I was having to run with my camera and I'm having to move it all over. So that was far, probably the one shot I missed maybe all season. Um, and then, and then, one other one, I think this was the Jersey game at home. So this was game eight okay. and there was a snap into the end zone. I think that was, I think Mason took it back. I'm not sure if he fumbled it or not, but the linemen were rushing back toward me and I was up against the wall. So I really couldn't go much elsewhere. So I had <laughs> oh two, God, oh God. two huge <laughs> linemen start to tackle and it was coming toward my way. And I'm like, I really have nowhere to go right now. And this was the closest call from me getting actually taken out. My shoe actually came off because they had fallen on my leg somewhat. And I had to just like <laughs> yank my leg out and my shoes just on the ground there. I'm like, all right, that's about the closest I've come to uh, <laughs> ending my filming career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mom, it's been nice. Why? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the wall always wins, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> well, 300 pound freaking offensive lineman in a wall and then Aiden right there. Not a good yeah. right there. 160 pound Aiden's going to be uh, in two pieces at the end of the play. I'm just imagining like somehow you get stuck in between a tackle and it's like they suplex him <laughs> a little oh, too gosh. far with the motion. Oh. <laughs> now, I've seen people in documentary series like the NBA did one a couple years ago. I think it was either the Bulls or the uh, Pistons were doing it, and it's the notorious Carlos Boozer nutshot hit, and he hit the camera guy. Like, he dunked, turned yes. around, swung, and knocked the camera guy out. And, like, oh, that's really close call there. Uh, it'd be, I forgot what the NBA show It's on. It guarantees on NBA Network. If any of our listeners know what I'm talking about, they covered a couple of, like, players. They, they highlight a couple of players throughout the year. Like, it was Carlos Boozer. Derek Rose, and I think there was a couple other guys. Um, and literally, they showed the blue, like the blue reel. And I remember watching either I think it was on YouTube or something. I ran into it, and literally saw these camera guys getting hit in the head, nut shots, hit in the knee. 
or especially guys in the NFL, guys who are filming the game, see the guy catch the ball, but they got to stay there because CBS, like you guys, it's going to be reviewed if it's a catch, mm-hmm. and they get completely annihilated because mm-hmm. you got the two DBs and the receiver just coming out at full speed ahead. Um, so where are you, what's your opinion about having like a full costume uh, of just pads so you're walking around there just pads so you don't get hit because I've seen videos all around like people who do documentary series. I'm like, oh, Jim, that looks like season ending. I'm like, and I, he, nothing happened to Aiden and Jacksonville that I remember, but there was some. I, I've watched the Randy football my whole life. I've seen some brutal hits on the wall. I'm like, just adding the camera guy there. Like, I look at the cheerleaders sometimes in some of the teams, like Carolina has cheerleaders on the field. I think Jacksonville still does occasionally. I'm like, what happens if there's an interception and they're in the way? Um, there's going to be some damage. So refs get plowed over too. Like, <laughs> yeah. That just happened this past week in other leagues. I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Are you talking about the, the referee that got the ball bounced off his head? Uh, like there was a slot, there was a slot route. The quarterback threw him, popped him right in the head. Like clearly like the right. <laughs> there was that. Um, there was it's a fumble. Like longest long, the longest yard. I'm like, Oh my God, he got knocked. Out. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> talk about hazards. You know? I'm like, uh, but any, but still it's, like, you're brave, dude. Like, I'm a former football player. Zach's a former football player. I ain't getting on that field during the game. Oh, hell no. <laughs> like, you know, after the first game, after the first couple of games, I got fairly comfortable with it because then I started to understand more about arena football because I didn't really watch a whole lot of arena football before this past season. So after I kind of understood the play calls, a little bit about what they're doing, the formations, where things are, where the coaches stand, I felt pretty safe. So you're now a fan of the game. Now I'm oh gosh. Oh, I mean I'll I'll check every chat, every Facebook message, oh, cool. everything. Uh, remember I, I to tune into us. Yeah. No, I mean <laughs> uh, I listen to the podcast I, with Mason. I, I know this is not gonna be a hard question for you, but who's your allegiance to in the NAL for next season? Are you are you free agent or are you still sticking with Clark? Oh no, no, with the lines. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually gonna be I was I was Dang hired it. back. I was hired back to be the uh, public address announcer for them this upcoming season. So I'll be hanging That's out awesome. with the team still. That, so that, there can't awesome. be traded. No trade. Nothing. No, not yet. Nothing? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's getting. He's trying to get his angle. That, that's exactly what this is. I'm. I, I'm as much of a I need free roamer. Man, I need connections. <laughs> that's what happens when. See, that's what happens. I live. You live in the Midwest like myself, and you hit yet. You still. You don't live close by, or you don't. You know, get to film a team. So mm-hmm. I get to at least roam a little bit. Jim, he's he's set. He's been a Sharks fan forever. It's just. <laughs> Just how it goes. I actually was a Predators fan before, oh, okay, but that okay, was in okay. uh, 2006. I was yes. pre- 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 went to my first arena football game in 2006. Was New York Dragons and the Orlando Predators in the at that time Amway Center. Um, that was my first introduction in the game. And I was hooked ever since then. And then when Jacksonville got a team in 2010, been never been with them ever since. I haven't missed maybe missed maybe three or four games because of work, but been there every single been ever there been every game, especially that 30 point beating last year by you guys. So yeah, thank you, Mason. Thank you. Four dollars for beers. I got, I got to ask you, man. What are there, what are some other challenges with filming the game? Because I mean, you, you know, you can obviously you got to the sidelines aren't exactly traditional sidelines. Mm-hmm. You get a select slit per side, or really on one side, really that you can work with, or depending on the arena restrictions, mm-hmm. how you get to work with things. I mean, um, how is it handling fifty yard versus say maybe if you have experience with other settings? Well, fifth yard is definitely going to be easier. Um, I haven't filmed a, an actual football game like on a hundred yard field, but with the 50 yard field, the challenge then comes down to, I only have one camera and I can only choose to shoot one thing at one time. Mm-hmm. 
So the biggest thing was, all right, do I go after the play? Do I go after the coaches' reactions? Do I go after the bench players? Is there a side conversation with the fans that I want to capture? So the way I kind of handled that is I had two different microphones. So on one video, I could then take my road mic, which was the thing that was just going to be attached to my camera itself and just get whatever's right in front of me, or I can unplug it and then plug this other connection in, which is toward the wireless mic. Now with the wireless mic, I can then put on coach Gibson. I can put on a player. I didn't trust putting it on a player this season in game. That just felt a little dicey to me. So what I did is I put it on referees instead. (laughs) I love that. Yes. I got all the conversations in the huddle. That the epi- so I love the episode too when you put the put it on the ref he's like I saw that one coming like that <laughs> like yeah. the score. I love that I get a little bit of the why don't you give me some calls man like <laughs> I I am a sucker for like mic'd up segments so I was I was very surprised <laughs> to get that I will admit um but like they were good choices in that regard so you know fun stuff is what I'm trying <laughs> trying to say um. I mean, yeah. J- I mean, Coach Co- Coach Gibson's reactions to the, at least the Albany game so far. You know, I yeah. I mean, it definitely it adds on to like that almost comeback from week one because that was a good that was a good finish. Like, yeah. I know me and Jim had plenty to say about that after that mm-hmm. after that, and I we were just. Getting I mean, the game was over. Forward. That's what was so cool about it. And I think for anyone new to arena football to see that as their first experience of what an arena football game can be in the last 30 seconds and then come back and have a potential game winning drive, you know, mm-hmm. that was so eye opening to me. And that's when it changed. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This is something special. This is cool. Yeah. This you, is caught, you, you caught a scene with Mason and Gibson and Gibson. So what are you thinking? And Mason's like, they gave us too much time left. 46 yeah. seconds, and, and, you know? <laughs> yeah. 46 seconds. They gave it to me. I'm, I'm looking at a score. I'm like, well, I've, of course, when they get at that time, we as fans, we don't know you're recording this. So we're I'm looking at the me, me and Zach were texting throughout the game. We're like, Well, if they get an onside kick here and Mason goes down the field and scores, it could be kind of interesting. And Columbus gets the onside kick and they yeah. score. We're like, Oh, okay, here we go. But unfortunately, the next one I think went out hit the board, so that's technically out. But still, mm-hmm. you caught that moment where Gibson looked at Mason and goes, What do you think? And he goes, oh, they gave us too much time. That's what me and Zach love is that even though Columbus lost that game, even though Columbus had a 0-3 record against Albany, mm-hmm. that mentality for a coaching staff and that mentality from a coach who a quarterback tells you what that organization is. They know they can beat you no matter what the score is, if it's down 14, if it's down 20, or if they're up by 20. That's the mentality that a lot of fans outside the arena game don't see. The only thing people outside the arena game, they go rock and roll, you know, $2 beers, whatever, because it's a family event. But the game is so – it's – Yes, it's the indoor version of the, our, the game that we love. Most, most Everybody who's listening to this loves the NFL or college football. So we love an outdoor game. And it when you go inside and see how the game, the arena game is made and how, you know, you can score 24 points. And, oh, this game's over 24-10. You mm-hmm. hit that one-minute mark, blink of an eye, it's 24-24. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, wait a second, what's going on? And what I'm trying to get at is that me and Zach just loved how you – you interact with Gibson and Mason that game, especially in the second episode as well, you get to see the insides of what it really takes to win these games. It's not just, oh, we're going to go down three touchdowns. It's strategic. It's strategy. And that moment right there when Gibson's like, looked at Mason and goes, what are you thinking? And Mason goes, they left us too much time. And that's why I tell fans who listen to us who are new to the game, don't leave the stadium when your team's up 21 right. points with two five minutes left of the game. It can flip. 
I have seen games in the old AFL, like Jacksonville, for instance. We were down 20, 23 points to Orlando in 2013 or something in Orlando. We came back and won the game. We scored 25 points in the last three minutes of the game. You're starting and to sound like Gibson from episode two, and he even says as well, yeah. I've been down yeah. 21. He <laughs> can come back like it's a thing. You know? And I've been and, up 21 and lost. lost. Yes. <laughs> that was a, see, like that stuff, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, arena doesn't fully get understood as a version of the sport all the time. Like it, it still very feels niche. Like it's not wide. It's not a very broad and out, but like, mm-hmm. That kind of helps to explain, like, hey, you know, this is how the sport's meant to be played. Like, mm-hmm. fast-paced, yeah. anything can happen at the last minute. We've designed the minute at the end to do that, you know. So that highlights that, you know. Yeah. That's what I call good cinematography. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to do. So I wanted to turn it into something where someone who's never seen an arena football game maybe has just heard of the sport because most people have heard of the sport. They just really don't think much of it because they don't really know anything about it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted to do with that first and then second episode is introduce that, get them kind of hooked onto the idea. And now we can start having fun and seeing what is really behind kind of life in the minor leagues in a way, you know, it's still professional football, but just a different scale and really a different game. And that's what's fascinating about it. And Mm -hmm. what you just mentioned about people don't know the game. There's also a lot of people out there that, completely forgot about arena football because the AFL is gone. So right. it's, it's a dead league. Because we run into people all the time that message our, our Twitter account, our Facebook account. Like, I didn't realize the Arena Football League was still around. It's like, no, we're not the Arena Football League. We're mm-hmm. the National Arena League, but we played the arena-style game. So, yes, the game is still on. Similar teams. There's still similar teams that are still from the past uh, AFL. But it's just amazing how the, this – documentary series i guarantee is attracting more fans back to the game especially columbus fans that are like oh they're still around i thought the covid 19 right. situation ended a lot of these teams but it just tells you that you just brought it up arena game is still around it's just that a lot of people don't know the rules or they completely forgot about it thinking oh because the afl is gone means the game is gone mm-hmm. right for yourself you know, you're a content creator i mean i know you just you kind of just explain that you became more a fan through this now. Um, I, we don't see enough of this in this sport, you know, like I'm talking just like series like this coverage of games, extra content outside, just the live broadcast, you know, it, it doesn't happen often. We're actually seeing more and more in the arena scene this year, along with your stuff too, where it feels like we're getting more of that. I mean, you know, it's a sport that I think needs to be, be covered. I mean, how do you, do you, I mean, how do you advocate for that for yourself? Is is there? It's is there tough. A- it's tough. I know. I know. I understand your question. It really comes down to money. I think is sure. that leagues can't afford one good camera crew, and I think you know unless you're paying top dollar, like NFL film kind of quality, it's tough to put out something unless the producer, like myself, is just so passionate about creating this thing that I just kind of kind of hopped on board and say, you know what, I'm going to see this thing through. And no matter how long it takes, I want to make sure I put the best piece of art I can on video and make sure I tell the real story behind it. And it's really tough to find that when you have a team. I, I, I originally actually had a team of five people and now we're a team of two people and that's me and one other person. 
and he's just doing a couple of side edits and then sending me the clip so I can then pile it in. But I'm, I'm, I've basically done about 98% of the work. So it's like, all right, <laughs> you know, I get to, I get to make it the way I want to make it. And I think that's what also is going to make it so much better. Also, uh, I got one last question from Zach. Uh, how is it working or actually talking with uh, Duncan? He's the, he's a guy who knows the arena game. I saw that you had him on the video in the right. first episode and he's a lot, he's in a lot of two episodes of him breaking down the arena game, the Columbus Lions, as they're one of the longest reigning right. uh, teams in existence right now. Uh, he's a guy, that, for people who don't know who we're talking about, this guy does uh, inside the uh, was it inside the arena? No, uh, a, he's a uh, football statement is what you're talking about. Arena football, football statement, statement. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Inside <laughs> arena is another guy. He's also a good guy. He loves the sport. Um, but how is it working with him? Because we know him. He's very genuine, and he knows his stuff. We know our stuff, and we bounce information from each mm. other. How was it actually getting him to get onto the show to talk about the Columbus Lions and the overall landscape of arena football? Yeah, so we first met when Albany came to town in week seven, or I think it was or it was game seven. That was the okay. uh, time Albany came to Columbus, and he made the drive down. Um, I think – I forget exactly where he's from, but it was, gosh, a 20-hour drive. He was out kind of over, you know, west side of the country. Um, but he's also a filmmaker. And that's what, you know, I didn't realize, but he actually put out a, uh, a piece of his own. Yeah, he did. Uh, this, this past month. And I, I still, I want to, I want to be able to buy the DVD and still watch it. I'm a, I'm a full-time student and working on this. So I haven't totally found the time yet, but you know, I really want to see his work as well, but I got to know him a little bit, kind of learned his knowledge of the game. And then he offered, he really offered to make this piece for me where I was like, you know what? I wanted to film him on the field. Our original shoot was just asking him questions about the game. And then he said, and then he took it a step further and then went to his studio and then filmed that first piece himself. So nice. then I was just able to plug it in. And then he was able to give a great background of the game itself. Nice. I, I, I did like, I did like that, you know, putting in the arena football guru piece too. I mean, he, that's a good one. That's a good one to explain it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, I, many, I think more and more, especially I think the last year, more and more people, and I, this is praise to him, have really started looking and saying, you know, this guy is kind of like your know-it-all, you know, right. type of page. He's going to give you something about any right. of these, you know, beyond just the big three. You know, like, we're talking, like, all the smaller stuff, too. Like, right. Guy's an encyclopedia for it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Even and that's, AFL, you know what, you know? whether, whether it's true or not, and, and really it is, it, we, we've kind of built it that way. And that's what, that's what makes it even cooler. So now he's the, he's the guru of arena football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that's kind of special. <laughs> that that and I love that. I think that, that's great. You know, and again, it highlights a community member because I think, mm-hmm. like the NAL in particular. You know, we we talk about the Facebook group that many of us are in. Like that's kind of like, it's just our big community center of yeah. talking to people. Like seven thousand plus people strong and everything. It's the best way to talk with folks that love the National Arena League. So like, I I love seeing that form and that those pieces of the group being highlighted in this video too that help support the leagues too because fans are just Ooh. as important is all i can tell you <laughs> anyway so i got it huh so are we important too we're on that page <laughs> we are on a couple I'm, I am, <laughs> I'm just saying i always saying, take, Zach. i always take the humble road okay i am yeah. that is that is me by nature if someone else doesn't think so that's fine i'm just telling you that's what i think any anyhow I, I'm curious, Aiden. Where where are you going from here, man? Like, I know you got the you just said PA announcer course, but like, uh, where's you got any uh, other side projects in the works? Like, what's what's going for you right now? 
Well, I haven't thought too much about that. I'm a, I'll be graduating from Auburn uh, this coming May, and then I'm uh, deciding to stay here for grad school, doing some of that, uh, hanging out, you know, arena, you know, watching the Lions games, and uh, maybe doing. I've, I've, I've contemplated some side projects. I don't think I'll ever be doing this size of project again in terms of for a arena football team. Okay. Maybe another sport. Who knows? We'll see how this goes at the end of well, once it's all said and done. And once I get my marketing spiel out and get, you know, maybe a year down the line, then this thing turned into something even larger than I would have thought. So that's still a TBD right now, but uh, just kind of enjoying the moment and what this is. <laughs> I can't wait to see all these uh, pieces on your reel. That's what I'm going to be honest with you. That should be some great material <laughs> for a website, for a Vimeo, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I think the best part's going to be is when uh, I don't think I'll include this until maybe after the season begins, but definitely a, a blooper reel or at least oh. an uncut version of some scenes that didn't make the cut just because they didn't quite fit the puzzle. But they're just entertaining in their own in its own right that uh, that that'll also be pretty entertaining as well. That will be a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if lying outlaws in them. Going oh, God. oh he's in there a lot yeah you don't need to worry about that he's a character <laughs> oh that 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 ought to be that ought to be fun I, i'm i'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the series jim and i again we'll we'll say it again really love what you did here you know? thank you guys I, I very mean, much I, even even if you don't make another arena project like you said or if it doesn't come to be just having this out there that's another step like we we want this sport and at least the league in general to grow and get more exposure mm -hmm. this is a way of doing it and it's a good way of doing it. it's a quality way you did it so we got to thank you for that where can we find you man like we're highlight yourself give give us a little bit of we're gonna give you this time you know <coughs> this is your spread my media attention and my project works time well you know yeah. at the end of the day this is just a hobby for me um I mean, you can look up my name on Google, Aiden Kowalski, and you know, I'll have different things pop up, but I, I, I wanted it bigger than that. Uh, I wanted to keep it more like almost as my name was sort of hidden behind the project. So people don't think, wait a second, a college student put this thing together. I want it to kind of feel like, okay, this is just integrated in what the National Arena League is. And now, okay, we just get to experience the Columbus Lions and not just their 2021 season, but maybe for years to come as this then becomes sort of like a, uh, I got my, actually, I got my inspiration for this series um, from a, a 2008 film playing for peanuts. Okay. And there was a, it's a similar story. And I, I got a lot of my, a lot of my ideas from that show. And it was a 10 episode series that kind of followed the works of Wally Backman. And he was a guy, he was a second baseman for the Mets back in the day. And this is just like a small independent film that follows the South Georgia peanuts and it's called playing for peanuts. Ah, okay. And I was just so entertained by it. I watched the series so many times, finally bought the DVD. I'm like, you know what? I can do this with the lions. And that's where it kind of started and snowballed into something more. Now I'm, now I'm proud to say, all right, this series is, if not maybe even better than playing for peanuts after watching that and seeing what I've, I've started to do with the lions. I'm about to take a look at that. I can see the similarities on how you got that, you know, cause I, I feel a lot of stuff with like, example minor league baseball does pertain to how we look at the arena aspects mm -hmm. of it if not if you didn't get that before i think people then get an eye more eye raise on realizing that through this too especially exactly. episode one so completely understand that jim you have anything else here before we uh let our good buddy go yeah uh 
the naming of the series. Uh, I, want, yeah, they, I knew you were going to bring that up. Um, <laughs> we couldn't uh, leave without it. We couldn't name because when, when Josh, uh, we're on the same message, like, oh, it's called Inside Lines. I was like, Inside the are, are you still in the name from us? But, <laughs> but anyways, uh, uh, it's intriguing because uh, <laughs> we could say that we're almost together mostly. But uh, where what, what made you just pick that Inside the Lines? So this started, gosh, I, I was working on a name for the longest time during the season. And I was asking players and coaches, like, God, you, if you guys have any ideas, just shout them out. So this is one bus ride home, whether it's the, it might have been the Carolina trip where it was Coach Sean Johnson, our, uh, our lineman coach. And he kind of brought the name sort of like inside the Lions or inside the Lions or whatever it was. We were just kind of spitballing. And I was thinking, well, Lions sounds a lot like Lions. So we're kind of getting – the beauty of both words in a sense. So if you just say inside the lines, did I say lines or did I say lions? So that was kind of securing that. And then the second reason, (laughs) the second reason is that all of my shots or a majority of them during the game were shot inside the lines of the, of the football field. I really didn't get into the crowd and shoot from outside. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) My phone, my phone. It is what Um, it is. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I, I really everything was inside the huddle inside the bench inside the locker room to where we got that inside look at everything so that's why i kind of then stuck that in there it wasn't until after i put the thing together and then i heard from conversation saying inside the walls i'm like you know what that does sound a little similar i'll give you that <laughs> <laughs> but that was just a total coincidence to be honest with you guys i totally forgot about it <laughs> i mean hey look it, it's just an arena theme like we got we got folks like inside arena we got us uh, right, inside right. the lines like it's it's an indoor sport like it's kind of unavoidable <laughs> to yeah. agree you know i get it fits it though Hey, we don't have to. We don't have to file a press charges or anything on the name. It's like hey, they, they stole our Thank identity. You. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but technically, your inside lines were inside the walls, so we're basically inside the arena. We're basically inside the arena, covering everything's <laughs> arena football. There we go. <laughs> I like that. Really like that. But you're a Columbus guy, so I don't know about that. <laughs> Natural enemies. Just... Hey, we're getting close to the season. There's a rivalry coming up. Pretty it is. Soon. Hey, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Home opener. That's for sure. Aiden, thank thank you for taking your time, man. Uh, again, we're looking forward to see it. See the next uh, five episodes here. You know that yep. they're going to be ava- available. Um, I know we kind of asked earlier. Any again to re-specify any specific time frame when you expect at least episode three to be dropping? Well, so the way it's going to work is. I will be dropping the rest of the series entirely now. So okay. I dropped episode one and two a month apart from each other. And now it's just going to be, everyone can binge watch it once it's finally released. My goal is to get it out by a week before the season. So around April 16th, nice. uh, which is also my, which is also my birthday. So that'd be a nice birthday present if I could release it on that day. So okay. I'm working to get hey, it done hey. by then. And uh, Or, or but, take a visit to Birmingham because me and Zach will be live in Birmingham on for spring stock for USFL football on the 16th. So okay. happy, I was going to say happy okay, birthday. We'll your, your presence, the USFL. Opener. <laughs> <laughs> we're tailgating. We're or, doing a live uh, podcast or FCF. If you really uh, care, like <laughs> that's the yeah. other one too. So <laughs> too funny, too funny. Well, I, I, that is, I, Hey, I guess rewarding your, you can reward yourself for a job well done when it drops. Gosh. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure out how to celebrate this one, but it'll be a, it's a it's a year's worth of work coming down to uh, 
three hours of footage. That's that's kind of been mind-boggling to me. Well, be proud for sure about it. Like I said, there's a lot of people that, again, you know, you probably already got your own fee- feedback about it. But, I mean, yeah. people are happy about this. They love it. So, again, thank you very much. You know, it's a good uh, – it's a great media piece for the community and at least for indoor arena football in general. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. It was just a pleasure talking about it, and I really look forward to releasing it and hearing all the comments coming forth. Well, that was an awesome interview. Special thanks to Aiden Kowalski for taking the time to discuss about the series. We've been trying to get that one, as you may have heard. We've been trying to organize that for a minute. So glad that we got to sit down and talk with him. And I stress again, Jim will stress again, we really, and it's I know it's hard. I know budgets are a thing. I know the documentary series aren't exactly a necessary expense but this content helps spread the game out a bit and it It makes it more accessible to people like seriously that the first two episodes i thought did a great job of like showing off like what arena can be so ah it's it's a i'm glad that we're gonna get all the other episodes and that you know even though paywall or not like it's still it's worth watching like those first two did a great job enticing me to want to see the rest but the thing is, is that you're going to get the paywall, but you're getting three hours of straight content. Damn right. Damn right. Of the whole season. And knowing my, me, I'll, you know, I'll happily pay for it. Mm-hmm. And also, if, you know, Aiden does give it, let us get it for free, it's fine. I'll still happily put money towards it. Uh, it's, this is the kind of stuff we need in indoor football. And I'm, hi, YouTubers. New camera, laptop dead, <laughs> cell phone. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great thing. And Aiden did great. And when he said he did this all for free, damn, great production, great insights. If you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, go watch episode one and episode two now on YouTube. Uh, the link will be in our description on the show. Um, go check it out. The, the guy did an incredible job. And yes, his. The, the name of the show may have gotten, you know, kind of close to ours, but still um, he's a, he's a, he's a guy in the know in Columbus and he does good work. It's going to be the PA announcer. So if you're in mm-hmm. the building in Columbus, you'll hear him now. And remember the guy did work for the inside lines and it's, it's cool that it's getting done. And honestly, I'm looking forward to the episode, the next episode, because I want to see that freaking, you know, trunk issue. Like really, <laughs> all, all, all for the love of the game, right there. That, that's what it is, you know. Yeah, the, the Jewish family and a person in the trunk. What a that, way to tease an episode. That, that episode three tease is great. I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm so glad he gave me the context of the three guys <laughs> in that tease. Where I'm like, who are these people? Can yeah. I, I, I must know just that, or the fact that you know you have, you have the jer- the freaking trunk situation that everyone just wants to see at this point. I'm excited for that. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> You can call it. You can call it a truncated episode. Oh, 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 oh look at you! Look, look at, at that! You. Look at that! Yeah, yeah. Jim, me, Jim uh, comes with the jokes. Aiden, Josh, uh, you can sign me to a contract. I give you some hit hit lines for episode titles. Um, <laughs> episode eight, when you play Jacksonville, call it the uh, the extinguish. Sharks or something like that. I'm like I'm terrible at that. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> I'm just trying to find free money here. Pay me money. No, oh, I'm good. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right, Jim. Mm. This has been a show, but we have a new segment to end the show that we're going to try and start capping more and more of if we, once we get questions rolling in and when we get questions rolling in. It is a Q&A segment, so 
basically we're opening it up. If you're a fan of the show, if you listen in, if you want to know about anything that we might know about the league and its comings and goings, or if you just want to know stuff about indoor arena that we know, well, you come to the right place. This is our question and answer segment here that we're going to be talking on. So we have three questions brought to our attention that we'll go through two from our good buddy, ourselves there in our discord who joined and who follows the show very religiously david david kaslinski there giving us two questions and another friend of the show john welker who's going to give us one so let's get into dave's david's questions uh question number one jim here we go um he was doing so he's doing some research on the league and his question it comes about uh based on a post with front row sports now if you don't know front row sports they are a agency that does a lot of the spring and football league type of player representation. They also represent Coach Resignalo with the Carolina Cobras. They have a partnership with the Carolina Cobras. And mm-hmm. so the question David had was, is this a normal relationship between teams where you have, say, an agency and its player and its coach team matchups kind of come together in partnership or collaboration? Um, and Jim, I... We we discussed this a little bit, and we're kind of the same consensus on this. Because um, I, mean, I don't know about you, I this is the first like this when it was announced in October first I've seen it, and I'm mm. I'm newer to, the, to this than you are. Well, it's not common. This is very rare that a agency sponsors a team, but I think what David's trying to get at is is it kind of shady for something being like this done if they don't violate any rules like you know, only lock up a certain amount of, of prospects to only go to Carolina besides any other teams, and it's not an issue. Uh, this was done in October of last year, so if the NAL hasn't done anything now about it, they're not going to do anything about it. Um, but right now, this just looks like a, a sponsorship. Um, the agency has a lot of players in the National Marine League, throughout the league itself, and throughout all the other indoor leagues, and even outdoor leagues as well. Um, but yeah, it's because of their connections with coach res and that's only, um, there may be a couple other things that are connected to, I think they're connected with a, a local hockey team in a Carolina as well. I think that's another team that they are associated with, but honestly, it's not a big deal. And yeah, it's not common. Um, you don't see players associations Mm -hmm. and agencies becoming sponsors in the national football league for certain teams that would be you know, major red flags everywhere, but not for arena and not for minor league sports. Um, but it's, it's kind of rare, but there is a, con- a connection between the two. That's not just this year. They've been connected for a couple of years now. Should give a shout out to Jesse Heininger, who is the president of front row sports, by the way, he has a great relationship with the indoor and, all, and arena football community and with the NAL um, started out with the, with the Richmond uh, Rough Riders before they became the West Virginia Rough Riders and helped build up front row sports. So shout out to him. This is kind of a cool partnership when you think about it that way. Um, inter- I want to see how it plays, plays out and what they do together. So, you know, we'll see. Right now it's been a lot of promotion. Um, and, of course, you know, Coach Resinalo is under front row sports. So that's already right. that deep deep connection between the two, p- between the agency and the, and the coach itself. They do have some players under their wing as well. Should be interesting how that develops over time. Uh, David had another question as well, um, and we love we and David, we appreciate your questions. Indeed, love that you tune in the show and interact with us. We enjoy talking with you. So shout out to you, good sir, for being such an awesome listener on the Inside the Walls podcast. Uh, his other question comes down to league financial stability. Um, I'll list it. I'll read this off 
in terms of just kind of the summarization of it, or at least the main question on here. Um, David says, I am curious as to what you and Jim feel is the status of the NAL today in terms of financial viability. Well, I said stability. I'll reiterate viability is what I'm meaning. So coming down here, we want, we always come down when it comes to NAL and other rain leagues. Ticket sales, local gate sales, local presence, it's a big impact. So, you know, one thing we noticed is, and I think for each arena it's different, some teams are just now doing single ticket sales. Um, which, yeah, season tickets are important, but does lead to initial smaller sales, at least in terms of you look at like Ticketmaster right now. Like Albany, that's one I was looking at right now. Or what's available, like Carolina, like for example, not Carolina. Um, Actually, yeah, Carolina, they're not selling single tickets till the 15th. Uh, Orlando, from what I can tell on Ticketmaster, hasn't done so yet. And the Gunslingers are, are soon about to start that as well. And then you said that the Sharks, they open up the entire thing at the beginning. Is that right? That Early, like- yeah. I I haven't checked their website lately, but they, they're usually one of the first teams to mm-hmm. really start doing it. I think the thing is he's asking, so we came out of the pandemic year, shortened, restriction crazy, everyone's now at 100 capacity. Mm-hmm. So now it's the big year of we got to prove that everyone is on the same page and is pushing yeah. in the right direction. Yeah. Everything uh, la- perfect. Yeah, uh, last year, a lot of people don't realize only two teams in the National Arena League last year were at 100% capacity. That was the Jackson Sharks and Orlando Predators. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was under restriction. And when you look at the overall body from last season, the league was in red numbers. It, it's just inev- it was inevitable to be red numbers. And I keep you know re- in emphasis on this, ladies and gentlemen, is that you're glad they got the league gate season in because if they didn't play a season last year, they would have lost out on a bigger number of of uh, even just even even though they were in red numbers last year, they would have been deeper deeper in the hole, and it could have cost the league. Right. more dearly um you look at what people when people think of leagues especially the national arena league they always image it's superior like oh i'm gonna go see the i'm gonna go see the jacksonville jumbo shrimp take on the durham bulls who's the superior league in that major league baseball oh, i'm gonna go see the you know the providence bruins take on the uh Harford uh, Dogs, those that's the AHL team. What do you sure. think of the NHL? When you think of the National Arena League, you look at the spirit. Even though there's no connection between the two, we always look into the National Football League. And the one thing the National Football League does that do, does have that the NHL does not is a rabid fan base of millions of people. Millions of people. Yeah, so true. they don't need to, you know, subjugate ticket sales. Their ticket sales are already paid for some some teams years in advance, like Green Bay, there's a waiting list. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at the NAL and minor league teams, yes, season ticket sales may be not what you think right now, but minor league teams feast over the walk-up ticket, meaning day of sale tickets. Jacksonville does very well on that because of where Arena is located downtown, very easy, accessible. They thrive on that. That's why you always see six to eight to even 10,000 fans in the arena because five to 6,000 of those are just people that just heard about the, oh, the season's back. Let's go to the game. Yes, ticket sales are an issue, but 
when you look at league-wide, Columbus is having good sweet ticket sales, plus season ticket sales. San Antonio is having good ticket sales from what we've known. Jacksonville is doing well on season ticket sales. A lot, All of these teams are doing well on season ticket sales. Single ticket sales haven't gone up yet. But you got to remember, ticket sales, season, single game t- sales, always are for walk-ups. They right. feed minor league teams feast on that because of theme nights because of honestly really theme nights you do like a teacher appreciation day or military day people come out for the special events you'll hey you if your parents a teacher whatever you get ticket there veterans day whatever they feast off of that that's where you get bigger uh, ticket sales for those games season tickets are hard to sell for minor league teams than it is the national football league or the major league um you know the, the major leagues because each and every year, me and you, Zach, know it. Each and every mm-hmm. single year, faces change in this league. Sure. Like one minute, like Warren Smith was in Jersey. He's now in Jacksonville. Very rarely you see a player like Mason stay in the same city back to back to back years. We, we can't all Very have rare. Zach Brown stay in, you know, Jacksonville for years as well. You know, similar to like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You. So selling the product is key. What we've noticed is, yes, how. Is the NAL stable is basically what David's asking. They're in a good position. They're in a much better position today than they were 12 months ago. I could definitely agree with that just based on what was 12 months ago. <laughs> and, and and based on, like, last week, Levesque and Gaz and Levesque were on. Levesque said that the Albany Empire lost $700,000. They were in a hole. Mm-hmm. And he went public with that. And people were like, oh, my God, they lost that much money? The whole league was in the red because they only played eight games. It was rushed and COVID year restrictions. You're going to lose money. Right. It's inevitable. But now people are like worrying about ticket sales. The traditional teams that attract fans like Jacksonville, like Orlando, because Orlando is at the end of last season, they were packing that building. They were getting good crowds. And I expect that this year too. I, I have high expectations that they will continue to keep going up and up. I have high well. expectations in Albany. I feel like they NAL did they what they did last year was to make this year happen. They got through the pandemic. Now they're 100 percent capacity. It'll be nice if you go into buildings. There's eight five thousand people in there because yes, we know we're not we know NAL teams are not going to put twelve to fifteen thousand fans in the arena, but you put five thousand people inside of an enclosed facility, it's mm-hmm. going to get loud. It's yeah. inevitable. It's a loud noise. Um, but if you're worried about the ticket sales. Don't be too worried. Look at the season ticket sales, not the single game. If you look at the season ticket sales, then you realize, oh, well, this team sold 3,000 season tickets already. This team's already sold 4,000 season tickets already. You look at gar- those numbers. You also get more guaranteed money that way. Correct. Too, because all those tickets sold that way. Correct. And when you look at that, that's where you can see the viability and the stability of the league. And so far from the people we've talked to, it seems like that is the, the common agreement between all six teams is that season ticket sales are doing well league wide single game is those fans that you get from the street that mm-hmm. just go there for one game to have fun. They don't people who get season tickets are the people who care about the league. They know the league, the they love hearts. the game. The arena and the single fans. game ticket fans are like, oh, I'm just here because it's military appreciation night and I might have a chance to win a jersey. That type. Those are the type of fans that you want to bring in the stadium and sell them 
so they can next season buy season tickets for that team. There you go. Got the process that's down. The, that's the mentality of a minor league ticket sales operations. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New England Patriots or the you know Texas Rangers, you're a major league program or you're an NFL, you don't have to sell the product. You just go, right. we're the NFL, we're the MLB, and people will come. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think that's out. I think that's about clarity. I don't really have much more add on there because I've I've also you and I have heard the same deal where it's like my understanding is that season tickets and that alike are definitely up from last year, which yeah. you know that's good. I mean that's what you want to hear. So I hey. I care about the health of the league. So like if I hear that, I'm like that's a step in the right direction to where we can then talk about like other things. Which I can't I can't question. I can't say this about the last question. I a lot of fans look at the NAL and the other leagues and look at the stadiums. Cause the honestly you look at the other league besides, I think Monday night's games in the mm-hmm. league, there's some very attendance. Like you look I at mean, like, yeah. like, are they having issues? Then you go look at uh, the strike force the place was packed. And I tell people, you just put 4,000 fans in a building that holds eight. That's half the building. That's a good crowd for an indoor game. Just, the mentality needs to go like, okay, fans, not every team in the National Arena League, IFL or CIF, is going to be Arizona. Sure. It's going to be Jacksonville. Those two fan bases, no matter what happens, they're going to put 8,000 in because they have history within that city. Don't expect billions to put 8K in their building on the first night. I don't even think their building holds 8K, but still, you, the <laughs> mindset, if you can get to 50% capacity, sure, it's a hell of an outing. And if you're winning, you're going to make it to 70% as the season ba- progresses. Got to get a base somewhere. But that's a, that's a good I understand a lot, a lot of fans are like that. But for David, great supporter show. He's interacted with us. I want to say thank you, sir. Uh, if we do do T-shirts, you're definitely getting a T-shirt right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, as of right now, if if Jim, the diehard Jim, you know, everyone knows I'm a Sharks fan. Mm-hmm. If I'm panicking about ticket sales, the league is in worse condition than it is. I am not when people say oh, ticket sales are bad. No, what? We're good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not worried about. It. We're we're good. We're we're good. I'm I'm good. You're good. Seems like we're good. If I'm Will Ferrell, Tropics, that movie, um, when it's semi pro, semi pro, yeah, <laughs> yes. semi pro. Like if I'm running around the bear cage, it's time to panic. That's when you go. It looks like I gotta go follow another league. Oh, hello, and just like exit screen left. Oh, but geez. yeah, I, I'm not like that yet. But we do have another question. We have yeah, la- last question, and this one kind of is more of a recent observation across the gr- across the other community groups, um, and it's it's based on West Virginia. And look, we we understand that's not it's not happening this year. It might not be happening at all from the looks of it. Uh, if you didn't if you didn't know, and really you wouldn't know, the American Indoor Football Alliance has a team called the Mississippi Raiders, and they played their first game this past weekend. A little little birdie dropped some po- photos, and sure enough, West Virginia has sold its field, and that was confirmed to be sold, not just rented. It was sold to the Mississippi Raiders. So, shout out. That was Justin who gave us that information. Mm, yes, it was, and he definitely deserves that shout out. Uh, along with, as you may have seen, you know, Greg Fernario in West Virginia selling off footballs, equipment. Yeah. So... The question that our buddy John Wilker has another fan of the show 
is what's going on in West Virginia? Where does the NAL expand in terms of next season? And so, first off, West Virginia, and I'm just going to say this for both of us, I can't confirm if that's going to keep happening or not. It looks like it doesn't, and I still got to talk to people to ask about that again. I just haven't gotten around to it. But I'm going to say right now, it definitely doesn't look like it's happening unless people are okay with buying new equipment, which a new arena turf is kind of, you know, a lot. I mean, you can buy an old turf, but they kind of had that. So mm-hmm. I'm well, saying no. The benefits of being the Nozak, we'll find out our answer. With oh, the no, next tr- trust me. Hours. After this episode, I'm going <laughs> so, like, trust me. I'm going to ask after this episode. I just didn't get around to it. I'm. I'm doing two. I'm doing prep for spring stock too. For those that didn't yeah. catch the, that when we were talking about it, but right now, just with what I've seen, yeah, I'm gonna say no. Uh, it it looks like they finally threw in the towel, unless someone wants to invest a lot into buying new stuff. That's it, you know. Yeah, the old LA Kiss field has uh, made a journey around this country, hasn't it? Yeah, it is now in the heart of the South. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to side with you. Um, the information coming out of West Virginia has just gone stale. Uh, mm-hmm. We were a couple months ago, it looked like it was inevitable that Ron Tredigo and his ownership group were going to take over the West Virginia uh, Rough Riders, and it just went silent. I, I think uh, a lot of that comes down to that. Re- I think the stadium reno or the arena reno. The renovation. Honestly, if that didn't happen, I think we'd be talking about a different story right now. Yeah, correct. Um, but the Willie Nailers, the local hockey team, still plays in the building right exactly. now. Exactly. They're the main tank. And, and I think right when the ECHL season ends, that's when the renovation begins, and that will be right in the middle of the NAL season. So mm-hmm. I think that's when the renovation begins. Um, but, yeah, uh, as much as we want West Virginia and that fan base to be in part of the league, it's sometimes if you play in a facility that needs massive upgrades, it's not really a good – not a really good business move to start, you know, planning to build something before massive upgrades need to be built. Right. Is it out of the question that West Virginia is done? It's still out. But as I mean, of right now, if you get, if you put a gun to my head, hopefully you don't and tell me the answer to the question. It's <laughs> uh, West Virginia coming back. I'd be like, no, 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 no. They're not going to come back. I, I think it's um, still a good market. It's just that, yeah, you'd I have believe to find someone else. To, I, I don't know if I don't know if Ron and company will go now. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff that you can't just buy off the owner, old ownership for a discount now. It's like new things you have to go buy. Oh yeah, unless if they're okay with that, which I mean, maybe, but soft maybe is how he's I look started, at it right he, now. He's only started three teams in the NAL. So I mean, that's guy, fair. That's what he's doing. So he, he is kind of the creationist of some yeah. of many teams right now. For and I'm a person League. where I'm a person you can say you can name the NAL trophy the Ron Tradiga trophy because he's basically <laughs> started half the league's team. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just for me, the news out of West Virginia, especially their Facebook, that's usually very active. Mm hmm has there's dust collecting on it. it's like it's no activity at all and it may be and also it could be also the fans of west virginia just haven't just had it with the op, the management group there um uh, being I, promised of, of being promised of so many things that they're not getting fulfilled and I, that does tear apart a fan base well uh, yeah i think if you keep i think if you go multiple years of will they won't they people start kind of going 
Most likely won't. Like, I mean, keep in mind, West Virginia last played in 2019. Correct. Like, they were supposed and, and, to join the league in 2020, and it's been just consistent backpedaling yeah. until now, you know? COVID hurt them the most. That's what ended it, was COVID. Because if the NAL did not cancel their season, actually played the season, Jacksonville and West Virginia would have kicked off 2020, a champion versus champion matchup between mm-hmm. the 2019 NAL or 20. Yeah, 2019 NAL champion Sharks taking on the 2019 AAL West Virginia Rough Riders, and it's mm-hmm. a top game that we never got. And what was the other part of his question? Uh, just expansion opportunities. But I, here's my be my deal with it. I haven't I haven't really been thinking that about that because usually that stuff comes up like end of season, maybe mm-hmm. you know back half of the year. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you what I've what we've heard over the off season is like. Louisiana might be up to play up for play, you know, like that's a possibility. And one that has some legs that I understand could be a case. Mm-hmm. I know you've heard a few things, but none of it's confirmed. So we can't really just go on and yeah, we can't out. We can't put um, our stamp of approval on it. No. Right. So like there's not much and it's mainly just cause like, I think the NAL just wants to play another season and get through it. See, you know, again, like see if they have all six at the end of the year, which we expect that they will. I think they will. I don't see a reason they wouldn't unless things just collapse behind the scenes for some reason, but get through, play with your six owners reevaluate at the end of the year and look at options. But there's only one place I know has had any legs and that's, I believe Louisiana. And if it's Louisiana, it's like Lake Charles was what I had heard. And that was like talked about in some groups, but that's, and that was, and that by talking about some groups, like an owner dropped that as like an accidental comment. That's it. You know, not much else that I can tell that I would say I'm okay with saying. For for the question, for a lot of people that are asking for expansion, you know, information, trust me, we're like you. Um, but to the point right now, the NAL is, they're, they're looking across the country and seeing the IFL and the CIF expand rapidly. But at the same time, they're losing as many teams as they're gaining. Well, yeah, and, I, mean, I mean, the NAL, keep in mind, like, you know, we talk, we've talked about their rigorous process to get San Antonio in and owners more and more that we talk to. They're like, yep. yeah, this is like stupid hard now to get a team in without like really and, getting biased, uh, pulling a fast one, you know. And also the NAL's expansion fees are a lot higher than the other two leagues. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why. Um, the NAL owners are they're tired. They want a team that comes in that can financially or is financially sound and is not using a team like a scam to get players like, oh, I have all this history. Okay, all your history, all your teams you've been with are no longer existing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question is that if looking for leaks expan- expansion. Um, for me, you, like you said, you had the 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 talks from the New Orleans area, Louisiana area. Um, for me, because of my con- connections, there's been, let's just say there's a couple of teams in the Midwest, little out West, that if the NAL came calling, they will listen. Not saying they'll join, they will listen to it. Right. Um, Am I going to give you the names of these teams? No, because I don't want you to go, oh, Jim from inside the wall said, 
the you know Saskatchewan Rough Riders are coming to the no no Saskatchewan get, Rough Riders <laughs> yeah, yeah we're we're, we're we're gonna go after a CFL team no um but the Toronto no. Phantoms <laughs> have returned <laughs> oh <laughs> wait wait a minute <laughs> oh, I, I still want that to happen though but no I would uh, like that if it was possible yeah. but you know you know. Oh, are you going to go throw it back? Give me the Buffalo Destroyers back. Hey, uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but there there are some teams out there that will listen to the NAL. But you got to remember, the teams that are associated with other leagues are under contracts with those leagues. For them to just bump ship and go to the other league, they have to burn bridges in their own. And not everyone's Massachusetts. That is like, oh, we 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 we'll just do illegal operations of our team during the COVID lockdown year without your authority. Okay, goodbye. What do they do? Mm-hmm. They hop ship to the NFL. That's the only way you can get out of your contract. Um, but no, it's not mass, ladies and gentlemen. Um, they're doing well in the IFL. They're they're defending champions. Why? Yeah, get that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, they got, they they're like a by proxy NAL representation yeah. in that league. So they've been in existence for three years. They've been in the playoffs all three years, and they've won a championship. That's an organization that knows how to win. And unfortunately, I just wish the people of Worcester and Mass supported them better. Um, because in Boston, they only love winners. They have a winner there, and they but still they're doing a good job in Mass. But for the NAL purpose, um. There will be if the NAL went reaching out to talk to certain teams out there, they'll be willing to listen, not join, willing to listen. So the expansion for 2023, if you gave me an over under how many teams will expand next year, I'm going to say two. Yeah, I just want one to get and to half. Eight. I just want to get to eight. I'm going to be. I frank. want my. I want my dream. Just give me 12 teams, and I'll be happy with 12 teams. Two it's divisions very- of six mm-hmm. teams. I mean, hey, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind it. Like, get to eight and split four and four. I'd do that. Yeah. Twelve you know? teams. Tw- Twelve teams in East and the West or a North and South conference. Top six teams make the playoffs. Yeah, but yeah, time will tell. I mean, again, this isn't really the time of the year that much no. expansion comes up anyway. So there's a lot nothing... of the expansion. A lot of the expansion talks usually start rumors and situations start brewing towards the playoff push. And either the playoffs or the championship game weekend for all the leagues, just not the NL. It's because that's when the those the new owners of these new teams or wherever get that itch. Like, man, I can probably do this, and that's when you get everything stirring, bubbling. But right now, from the besides just people just like, yeah, we'll be interested, or we'll 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 come to the table, or rumblings of rumors Mm. that's that's it everything's rumors right now and i can't tell you confirmation of a team or teams that are interested in the nal because i can't confirm it i just know that people who are connected with this situation said they'll listen but i can't confirm it and that's the reason why i can't say well this team wants to come in the nal and nal blah 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 no i can't (laughs) say that because it's not i can't confirm it I, the one thing I don't like about the NAL and the IFL and CIF and the AFIA and AP, guys, there's so many freaking leagues. Yeah, um, there's, there's that of, someone would drop. Ex, yeah, someone would drop like, oh, expansion rumors. This team is going to the NAL, and you go, oh, right, yeah, that's cool. Then you start looking to it, go, where are you getting your information from? That's not accurate at all. Um, we're not going to be like that. Just like with the expansion, thank you, John. Is it John Walker? You said, yeah, John, John Welker. John Welker. Welker. Uh, thank you. But right now, I'm going to just tell you right now, if you, you watch our Discord, if you 
NAL fan page on Facebook or our, our even our page inside the walls. Um, if any type of expansion rumor you hear, send us a message, post it in our stuff. Either me and Zach will either confirm or deny it or elaborate on the situation. But as of right now, besides just rumblings, and rumors, that's where it's at right now. Because expansion talk usually doesn't happen until end of the year towards playoff time and championship mm-hmm. weekend. Yep. Well, I think that's about going to do it. Thanks for the questions, guys, and thanks for the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good, good to talk with you and be on here with you as always, Jim. It's, a, it's one of my favorite parts of the week. Oh, really? Was it because it's of me? Oh, I love, I love doing podcasts. And I love talking <laughs> arena football because it doesn't get enough conversation anyway. So getting that no. get pushing it in that direct in that direction it doesn't get it, it out there it doesn't get enough conversation even in a city that has an arena football team well let's hope that you change that is all i can tell you oh me and being the mouth of the south oh no 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 <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody for tuning in appreciate it be sure to follow us on at at in walls pod again at in walls pod on facebook Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. By the way, remember we hit that hundred subscriber mark. We're gonna be giving away two tickets to a National Arena League game of your choice. So you just gotta subscribe and you know let us know when we draw. But we're getting closer. We're, we're pushing that forty sub mark really right now. Like I said, if we can get to hundred before the season and give away those tickets, I would really love to do that on a show. So let's see what we can do that with then. And also just check out our Discord as well. Again, trying to get and build up the community in there. You know, if you want to talk about the show, you want to talk about the NAL arena in general, uh, you want to follow along with Jim giving you updates in there because he's been doing that lately since it started up. He's been getting news pieces, dropping in those separate Discord channels. Check it out. He, he, he's really been and, keeping it up to pace. And That's also sweet. I may be dropping some nuggets in there if I hear something. So yes, there might indeed. be a... There might be a section there called Nuggets, which would be NAL rumors and stuff I hear that I'm told I can release. Uh, but I won't give you information if someone says, hey, we're going to give you information. Okay? Don't say anything. There you have it. Well, um, I'm going to say – <laughs> Well, folks, that's going to do it for our show then. Thank you very much for tuning in. For my for my co-host, Jim Renee, I'm Zach Common saying so long. And remember one thing, though. Just Don't be a jack out of the box. Mm. Going to put that on a t-shirt. Until next time, stay tuned.